0: Number two, number two is one of my favorite numbers. What about you? It's so even, even though one is in it twice, which is not even, (laughs) it's still good. I'm all good with two. All right, so today we are going to, or I am going to (laughs) walk you through a little bit of an exercise, don't worry. It's not going to be too demanding. Don't run away just yet. We're only on episode number two. And I'm going to use it as a way to demonstrate some of the ideas I'm going to talk about in this podcast. I love being able to take an idea or a concept and actually feel it in real time in my body. That creates this, that lived experience is so helpful for me when I'm trying to understand new ideas or stretch my brain is what my teacher, my daughter's teacher says, stretch your brain. (laughs) Um, So when I'm trying to stretch my brain, I get, you know, stretched. And then when I feel like I understand something fully, like when the penny drops, it's when I have that experience in my body. And it's like, oh, Aha, I get it. And I really love creating opportunities for that because it's super cool and it's super interesting. So that's what we're going to do a little bit of today. It's going to be great. If you haven't listened to the first episode in this series, I highly recommend that you go back and do that. You don't have to do it first. You can stay here with me right now and then go back and listen to it later, especially if you find what we're going to do today to be helpful then likelihood is, that will be helpful as well. So like always, I consider these podcasts to be a conversation. Please reach out to me in any way. You can email me, you can find a way to contact me on my website. Probably easiest to leave like a, a comment on the podcast. I don't actually know how to do that. So You have to figure that out. (laughs) I should really figure it out and tell you how to do it. Uh, But if you want to do it that way, I can read it. And that would be awesome. And I will talk to you back. Wouldn't that be awesome? So today, let's get into today's topic for this episode. Today, I am going to talk about some techniques. Well, one technique in particular that can be like a cornerstone for resolving pain. It's a very foundational technique, and it's a practical application of some of the ideas I talked about in the first podcast. So you'll be able to move on from there and actually apply some of these ideas, which is, I think, what you're interested in. So (laughs) let's do that. Let's start with the exercise, the little activity the activity I shouldn't call I shouldn't belittle it by calling it little because it's not it's big all right so wherever you are go ahead and put down anything that you have in your hands so yeah if you're busy doing something you're going to have to pause and that's going to be difficult because you won't want to but do it anyway pretend that I'm looking at you and you feel obligated (laughs) And if you're really, really can't, like if you're driving, don't do it. Yeah, that would be a bad idea. Keep your hands on the steering wheel, please. Um, And you can do this later. You might even get a sense of it. This would be really cool if you absolutely could not do it, cannot right now. You might be able to get a sense of something anyway. And that would even be more powerful to feel a change without even moving your body. All right, so for those of you that can move... Join me by putting down whatever you've got in your hands and then just do this simple activity of starting to rub your hands together. So creating a little friction. And as you do this, do a nice, vigorous, sort of fast-paced rub, but soften your fingers. Yeah, Soften your shoulders. Even see if you can soften the muscles of your face or your tongue. And as you soften in these places and bring these ideas into your body, you can feel how that changes the way that you move your hands, the way that you rub your hands together. So feel how ideas and attention is already changing things. So continue to rub your hands together. Continue, continue, continue. And so you can be active with your muscles without being too forceful. Just nice and simple, right? Nice and simple. Getting it maybe a little bit warm. Soften your shoulders again. There you go. Nice. And then just let that go. Release your hands and rest them anywhere. At your sides or on your thighs and feel the residue of that movement. How would you describe the sensation that you are currently feeling in your hands? Allow yourself to tune into that sensation fully, and let it grow in your attention. What is the quality of it? And where do you feel it? You feel it maybe in your palms? What about your fingers? Do you feel anything moving upward along your wrists or your forearms? And now, without looking, where are your hands? In space or in relation to the rest of you? How do you know where your hands are? You could even close your eyes and see, do you know where your hands are? Of course you do. Because inside you, there is an internal read of you, of your body, of your limbs, at all times. You don't have to see your hands to know where they are. And that is the wonderful, amazing design of nature itself. There is part of you that is always sensing, that is sensing your movement, your position, and all the other things that are going on. It's a constant reading of your internal environment and you don't even have to pay attention to it if you don't want to. You could just go about your day having other activities, occupy your mind at all times, right? You're not really designed to pay attention to it all the time. So what I want you to take out of this is to feel, first of all, the quality or the sensation of something different, the physical sensation or the energetic sensation that you felt after you rubbed your hands together, which maybe is fading a little bit now, and it's changed, right? Maybe it's not the same exactly as it was 30 seconds ago, so that's interesting in and of itself that your sensation is continuing to change. Your experience is continuing to change, right? It's not static or stagnant, it's evolving without you doing anything other than simply paying attention. The other thing that I want to draw to your attention is this fact of the sensing part of you that you are generally not aware of, that's happening underneath your radar, and to tune into it in order to know that it is there, that in the way that you know where your body is, you know where your hands are, you know where you are, and to give that part of you a little bit of credit for being able to do what it's designed to do well and knowing that it is working in support of you. It's a part of you and that it is there. And what we're going to do today is going to tap into both of those different aspects. So both the sensation itself and the different qualities or types of sensation that we often aren't even aware of, and just the very fact of this kind of sensation reader or a sensation gatherer, interpreter that is a part of who we are a part of our subconscious. And the really cool thing is that once you know about this part of yourself, it opens up the whole possibility of letting it serve you better and you can do things to nourish it, to support its optimal functioning and therefore your optimal functioning. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what this has to do with chronic pain. One of the ways I like to talk about this is that you have like a another entity inside you, your nervous system. And it's inside there and it's kind of in the dark. Um, I heard Lisa Feldman Barrett mentioned something like this once. It was... Um, in reference to, she was talking about the brain. I like to talk about the nervous system because I think it's more of an embodied, full body presence. So imagine that the nervous system is there inside you and that part of you in, or one aspect of that, of the job of that nervous system is to, as I said, read the environment, to figure out what the heck is going on. And the way that it does that is to sense, right? And to read or to interpret what it senses. And the way that it does that is by, you know, passing the sensations, which are, I like to talk about it as raw data. Right, so before language, before form, it's just like chemicals being transferred and things happening on that molecular level. Like how does that activity at a molecular level get translated into something like pain, right? So what's happening at a molecular level is that your nervous system is processing all of this information from the inside of your body and the outside of your body, and it's trying to make sense of it. And the way that it does that is by taking that information and kind of passing it through your a filter, which is your past experiences and your beliefs, which are kind of like past experiences, right? Pat, beliefs are um, ideas that you've acquired over the years because of something you've experienced or because of something you heard in the past, right? So basically it's past experiences. And it's also measuring that against other aspects in the environment that it can perceive. So for example, if your finger hurts and you're chopping vegetables, then that context is probably gonna make you look closely and examine the pain in your finger right whereas if your finger hurts and you're you're out walking you might just kind of brush it off like oh what's that and flick it away right and the context tells you that there's probably nothing that serious so you interpret a similar sensation differently i'm going to tell you a couple of stories in this podcast as well that are all true documented stories that give examples of this it's so helpful just to hear anecdotes sometimes. So the way that that part of you works is that it's constantly interpreting a sensation, right? And remember, that's what pain is. Pain is not a fact. It's an interpretation. Everything that you experience in the world is literally some kind of interpretation. The fact that that is a wall or a car or your aunt or something it's these are concepts these are interpretations of how we have learned to understand and literally categorize the world so pain is also in this category of being a kind of interpretation based on all of these sensations and well what happens is that internally your nervous system senses sensations and then it decides how to respond, right? So, if it senses that there's a threat, that there's a possibility of danger somewhere, it will create a response that is in accordance to that interpretation. Now, for in the case of many people, the response is the pain signal. If you are age, you know, 16 and you wake up with pain in your knee you might think that you overdid it at your soccer game on Saturday but you're probably not gonna be that worried right you're probably gonna move through it and it's not gonna be a big scare now if you're 55 And you wake up with pain in your knee and you have a mom who has quote unquote arthritis and you have a sister or a brother who's had a knee replacement. And you might wake up and think, "Uh uh-oh, I'm starting to get arthritis in my knee, right? This is the beginning of the end. Exact same sensation, but totally different circumstances different context and because your brain wants to understand because your brain wants to put you in a place of security and knowledge is security right it's a false sense of security (laughs) but it is a sense of security nonetheless your brain wants to tell you what things are where they stand where you stand it wants to be able to safely and um, securely, confidently, I should say, label sensations that you feel. So what can happen is that the brain can literally misinterpret a sensation. Have you ever been wrong about anything in your life? <laughs> if you answered no to that question, You might need to do some self-examination. I don't know. It's totally up to you. (laughs) It's your call. But look, we're wrong about things all the time, constantly, more times than not. Most of us are wrong and we don't even know it because here's the thing. If you don't question or inquire about what's really going on, you're going to automatically believe it by default. You're going to buy into the interpretation that your brain is giving you, right? Unless you challenge it, unless you question it, you're just going to believe it. You would have no reason not to. And that is the default functioning of your brain, which is really good to know, right? I like to know if I might be missing the mark. Personally, I like to be in the know. And guess what? This is really good news, actually, because most brains do like to be in the know. They don't like to feel like they're, you know, getting it wrong. Most of us, I say, it's kind of crazy to say brains and to separate it from the person that they're attached to. But most of us like to feel like we know what's going on, right? We don't like to be in confusion. So it's really good to know that when you give your brain the opportunity to explore and really investigate, it will, uh, it'll open up space for your brain to reinterpret and to recalibrate its response. So in the next episode, I'm going to talk about how the thoughts that you think affect the way that you feel your body. Okay. So for now, I'm just gonna ask you to bear with me and experiment with this activity that I'm gonna share with you. Super exciting. So let me first share with you a little anecdote that is super fascinating, just to give you a little kind of underpinning. This is one of many anecdotes that I'm gonna be sharing with you over the course of this series. Many, many, many. Uh, They're so important. They're so important to give you that lived experience of these phenomenon at work. So the one I'm going to share with you comes from a pain scientist, actually. he was his own experience. There's a YouTube video where he talks about it online. Uh, His name is Lorimer Mosley. I'll link him up in the show notes. And he has a lot of great videos out there about pain. So he was walking out in the bush. He lives in Australia. And as he was walking, he felt something brush against his lower leg. And he thought it was a twig or a low-lying shrub or just something like that. And so he continues walking without really thinking much about it. The next thing he is aware of is that he's waking up. I think he like woke up in hospital. Um, And to discover that what he had felt, this little uh, brush, against his leg was actually one of the most venomous snakes in Australia that had, you know, bitten him as he'd walked past. And he was lucky to be alive, but he was. He survived and he lives to this day, which is great for the world because he has a lot of really good information to share. Also, what happened then, I don't know if it was the next year or several months later, he found himself in a very similar situation. Again, walking in the bush, very similar environment, low-lying shrubs, all that kind of thing. Walking with a group of people, again, felt something brush against his leg in the same place as that area where he had been bitten by the snake and felt this extreme, excruciating... I think in his own words, a shot of pain in that area of his lower leg, jumped off the path, like grabbed his leg saying, oh man, <laughs> something really painful, calmed down and looked, examined his leg and saw that yes, indeed, this time it was just a shrub. This time it was a stick, something like that, some innocuous piece of nature <laughs> <laughs> this time, totally harmless. But he had this very real intense pain sensation. Because in that moment, and this is really what I love about this story, is not just to be able to, to see the two different ends of the spectrum, but also to see how incredibly genius this part of your body is, this internal sensing being part of you, that in a split second, that part of the nervous system learned, right, from the previous experience, learned this sensation here equals threat, equals serious danger. Cataloged that for him without him even really probably thinking much about it at all cataloged it in the subconscious. And then the next time he felt a similar sensation in that environment, in a split second, his nervous system read all the details and was like, this could be seriously dangerous. This could be seriously life threatening. I'm going to respond with a pain set signal that is commensurate with that kind of threat. And he did, and it hurt. And when he realized, what the circumstances were and that he was fine and that there was no harm, no genuine harm, the pain went away. Because the brain or this part of him could gather that information, perceive that it was safe, and then release the need to create that pain signal, create that threat. So we're going to get into more of this next week, but Today what I want to do is actually give you something that you can do, that you can utilize throughout the week so that you can kind of feel into this a little bit for yourself. Because again, that's where the change power comes. It's the value of it is in your investigating your own lived experience. You take in the information. Don't take me by faith. I don't want you to have faith in what I'm saying or just believe me. I want you to take this information and actually apply it, actually put it on, try it on, and see how it changes things for you. So what I invite you to do this week is to play with this idea. And before I give it to you, I just want to let you know that I am sharing with you today what is one of, has been found to be one of the most successful quote-unquote treatments for chronic pain. Okay? So it's something that actually really awesomely I was doing before I found out how successful it was. Um, I was doing it myself in my own practice and then doing research and was like, oh, wow, other people are doing this too and it really works. (laughs) And now I know why. (laughs) So here's the deal. What you want to do is literally investigate the sensation and open up the possibility to feel the details or the nuances without judgment, or before judgment. So the judgment is, this is painful. This hurts. And what I invite you to do is something called a sensation scan. And this is what this looks like. I do this all the time with people in often a guided way. So I'm going to give you a little bit of support here because obviously you're going to have to do it on your own unless You want to join my program, which you're very welcome to do, but you don't have to in order to do it because I'm going to explain it to you here. So to, to get into it, you want to literally just feel the sensations that you sense. And that's it. That's really all it is. It's super simple. And let me tell you why it works. When you slow your down and you focus it on something and you come into a space of mindful attention that literally sets off certain physiological responses in your body to calm you down and it literally sends a signal to your nervous system that things are okay think about a child who's freaking out because there's thunder and lightning, and they've never heard thunder and lightning before, or it just seems really scary, it's really loud. As the adult, you know, yeah, maybe it's so loud you're even a little bit scared, but really, you kind of know that you're safe and that it's not gonna be dangerous. And the way that you communicate that to that child is not by freaking out and saying, it's fine, (laughs) no. You stay calm in the presence of that child. And that child perceives that, senses that on that subconscious level and learns that this seemingly scary thing can be happening, but that they're safe, okay? That it's not a genuine threat. And that is essentially the same kind of thing that you're doing for your nervous system when you practice this. Now, if you, what I recommend is that you do this When you're feeling okay, you're welcome to do it any time that you want, but if you do it in a way or in a moment that you feel overwhelmed by pain, it's probably not going to serve you because what you want to do is you want to create a sense of safety, even if it's like 50-50, 50 safe, 50 freaking out okay? As long as there's some percentage of like knowing underneath that sense of fear or anxiety or worry about the pain, even if, if you can stay anchored somewhere inside yourself to a sense of safety, to a sense of clarity of purpose, then it will be useful to you. But if you start to feel like it's you're you know running off in a direction that you can't control and you start to feel yourself freaking out, then you know that it's time to just let it go and go into whatever kind of coping mechanisms that you need that you that you've already developed for yourself. Everybody with chronic pain has their own coping mechanisms that they utilize to help as much as they can. And so you might need to employ those instead. That's why I recommend doing this when it's not so bad, when your pain levels aren't high. So that you can literally practice just feeling sensations, just getting a read and getting more, think of it as building your sensation vocabulary, right? So you're building your ability to feel yourself and to correctly or more correctly interpret what it is that you feel. Now, the reason why this is so effective is because, just a reminder, in the vast majority of cases, when it comes to chronic pain, there's nothing actually physically wrong with the body. In the vast majority of cases, what's happening is an overly sensitized nervous system that's freaking out for one reason or another, and it doesn't know how to turn off the freak out. This is one route to calming that nervous system down. It's incredibly powerful, and look, it's one of the most effective, shown to be one of the most effective things out there for resolving chronic pain. So that in and of itself demonstrates that for the vast majority of these people, it's working because the pain is not a physical problem, right? If it were, this technique wouldn't work, okay? So give it a try. Go easy on yourself. Don't do the max. If you spend 60 seconds, that's 60 seconds of training your nervous system. Okay? 60 seconds a day. (laughs) Start with that. Start with whatever you feel comfortable with. That's what I advise you to do, right? Again, what you're communicating, what you're creating is a sense of safety. That's it. That's all that you're wanting to search for within yourself. Okay. So tap into all of those ideas. Have fun. Like, because it's freaking amazing. Like literally when you start feeling and being aware and being present to the incredibly magic experience of being alive in this crazy thing, which is a human body. It's wild and it's really interesting. So allow yourself to just experience being curious, okay? That's my invitation to you for the week and let me know how it goes. I want to hear from you. I want to hear how all of these different ideas and thoughts are landing for you, all of this information that I'm sharing with you and let's have a conversation together. Speak to you soon. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me again today. So a couple of things. First of all, if you're wondering if this information is really relevant to you, if you're not sure, you're on the fence, I highly recommend you go and take my free Mind, body, pain, self-assessment. It'll help you to relate it more to yourself. And there's a number of different sections in there you can walk through and learn something about your situation. It's great. You can find it at www.movetonourish.com. You can also find a link in the show notes. And right now I have three spaces available for three people who are ready for more direct support. The program I'm offering is called Breakthrough Pain in 90 Days. It's three months long, 90 days, three months. And you get to work with me directly and the other two people that will be in the group. So there's only three spaces at this time. If you want one of those, I'll put a link in the show notes. You can find out more information. Also, feel free to reach out to me and ask me any questions you may have. Have a wonderful week. I'll see you again soon.